Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey y'all, welcome back to Records of the Republic, episode two. Um, Super excited to have you guys tuning in with us again. Uh, I am joined, well, let me start off by saying I am Wade. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts (laughs) and we're still working out how to introduce ourselves to you guys. So bear with us as we try and figure out what exactly we want to do. But uh, my name is Wade. Again, 27, North Carolina, beautiful wife, Penny, son, Gene, and I am joined today by Kevin. Say hi, Kevin. What's up, everybody? I don't think I'm going to go into who I am or anything, because if you want that, you should go listen to the first episode. That's a good plug. Yeah, we're going to plug ourselves on this every episode. We get a chance. (laughs) Go back and listen. Uh, You know, I was actually pretty surprised. I was pretty impressed. We had about, let me see what the data was. Over the the last week, a million. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we had about thirty seven people listen to our stream. Like that's pretty. And I don't, I don't think between the two of us we have thirty seven friends. So maybe we reach some people that we don't know yet. (laughs) I'm thinking we must have because there's no way we got thirty seven on our own. Well, I don't know anyone. For example, I don't know anyone from Belgium personally or Canada or Lithuania, or Hong Kong, or Singapore, or Australia. But people I'm, from I'm, each of those places tuned in. I might be able to account for the Canada one, but I don't want to say if I'm wrong, so I'll find out later. <laughs> we'll find out on a post later yeah. on down the road. Hey, I'm that one Canada person you were talking about. I only have one Canadian friend, so if you're listening, and I know <laughs> that you are, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That means as of right now, we have a decent little community of people listening to us and, you know, tuning yeah. in and wanting to interact with us with our Star Wars nerdiness. So we appreciate that so much. Um, continue listening to us. Leave us some reviews. Give us some feedback. We're on Reddit. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All at Records at the Republic or Records of the Republic, I should say. Um So, you know, hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. If you want us to talk about anything specific, let us know. We're more than happy to take submissions and do some research on it if we're not familiar with it. I'm going to be honest. I don't know everything Star Wars. Kevin, how about you? What, do I know everything about Star Wars? (laughs) Yeah. No. No, but real quick, I want to call out one of the reviews that we had. It was by this, this person that went by the username Bearded Rut. Um, terrible name, but really good review. Thank you for the review. Yes, thank you, Bearded Rat. I I really <laughs> appreciate that. We did have a creative one. Did you see the Obi Juan Onobi? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was that the one that was like uh, said to listen or don't listen? I don't care. Yes, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> We've got some humorous followers, listeners. Um, so we appreciate the feedback we've been getting from you guys. Um talking about star wars we're just gonna dive in 
Kevin, have you had anything this last week that you've been watching, that you've been listening to, that you read, and you were like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy? Well, um, I think that everybody has seen all the Mandalorian content. I mean, we've all probably watched a bunch of trailer breakdowns and everything like that. So um, I've really been spending a lot of time thinking about Mando. But I've also spent a lot of time on this Facebook page. Um, I think it's just called star wars memes you're in it too i've tagged you in a bunch of the memes and uh if you don't know that group you should join it because there was one that got me i I think i posted yesterday or tagged you in it yesterday the one where they (laughs) they searched Django fett but added a d to the beginning like the movie Django Unchained. yes oh my gosh was that funny um but no, I'm going to be honest with you, Wade. I have not had – I feel like I haven't had a second to breathe, let alone uh, you know, go on social media and, and read all this stuff about uh, anything, you know, let alone Star Wars. So, right. Um, but I, I've been keeping my eye on Mando stuff. I try not to look at too much ahead of time generally uh, because I like to be surprised when things come out. But uh, something like Mando, I don't think that – you could you could really wait. I had to watch that trailer, and it was cool to see it on see that trailer uh, two weeks ago. I think on live TV. Oh uh, yeah, that, that, uh, you Rebel, don't really get that anymore. Rebel Force Radio. I'm going to plug you guys uh, every episode until until we hear from you. But uh, Rebel Force Radio, they were deeming it Mando Night Football, which was awesome. And, you know, I, it was, it was really cool to me that, I mean, they kept promoting it through the first half of the game and then, you know, they were really building up towards it, you know, like, Oh, stay tuned soon to come Mandalorian season three trailer. So I know that was really cool to see on TV live with all my friends sitting around the room and I'm sitting here getting excited. I'm like pulling out my phone and recording, forgetting that the trailer is also going to be posted online immediately for me to be able to share um but yeah i mean it was an awesome awesome trailer and you know i think they did a good job of uh giving us enough to be really interested without giving us oh, yeah. too much you know and i think they the usually do a pretty awesome. good job um yeah the poster's incredible oh so. i have to say though i take exception to it being called mando night football because that was tom brady's last game ever unless he unretires but it really doesn't seem like he's going to unretire this time so I think we need to have some respect and uh, not call it Mando Night Football. Well, to each their own. Brady is the best quarterback to ever play. Still calling it Mando Night Football. <laughs> Boo. Well, so, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that trailer, that game stunk. That trailer was the highlight of it for sure. It, it so was. That was, a, that was a rough game. I won't die on that hill. That's fair. Well, on my end of everything... Um, I work in a job setting that allows me to go from appointment to appointment while driving. And so I get to listen to, you know, audio books on Audible or, and we're not plugged by Audible. I just really like them. They're fantastic. No free ads. For it. Say again. No free ads. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, I, I pay for everything out of pocket. They're not plugging me or anything like that. But I love, it's an easy way for me to get more Star Wars content. Um, without having to go out and buy the book. And then I've got to sit down and find time to read it, which I don't have time while I'm driving. You know, I can't do that. So I can listen to a lot of the books or I'll listen to podcasts. And 
Uh, this last week, I just finished up the book uh, Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen. And for any of you guys who have read or listened to that book, it's fantastic, in my opinion. Uh, it kind of covers the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and, like right after the Battle of Geonosis and Attack of the Clones. And Anakin has recently been promoted to Jedi Knight. And so it kind of covers their transition from a master-apprentice uh, relationship to full-fledged knighthood as colleagues. You know, Jed, uh, Obi-Wan at the time is taking a temporary seat, at least, on the Jedi Council at that point to fill the role of Coleman Trevor, who was brutally murdered at the hands of Jango Fett, not Django Fett, but Jango Fett. Um, and so he's... He's taken that position on and it kind of covers their relationship. Um, you know, how Obi-Wan has to kind of adjust his way of interacting with Anakin where he can't constantly be on him because he's no longer his apprentice. And Anakin kind of has this obligation to still adhere to the code as much as possible, but understanding that now that he doesn't have a master, he's not directly under someone's authority in a sense. And so he can start making decisions on his own. And he has a little bit more freedom, and how they how they interact is is really neat. It's a it's a fantastic book. Mike Chen did a great job. Again, he didn't plug me for it. He's not paying me for it. I just think it was a great book. Um, is it canon? That I don't know. I have not read anything that would be contradictory to canon. Um, another cool point. I forget. Well, no, I'll I won't find say out right that. now because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. But if you haven't read it, go read it. Read it. Um, if you can't read or can't read it, you don't have the time, <laughs> go listen to it, you know, sign up for audible. They've got like a, I think it's at, through Amazon. They've got a free trial right now that lasts like a month or two with three free credits. And each of the star Wars books that I've seen is, is just a credit. So there's three free books off the bat. Um, but they're fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Audible is great, and this book is fantastic. I think it is canon. I hope so. Um, I'll look into it later and find out for sure, but I, I, I can't imagine it's not. Everything in it seemed in line with you know, what we see in Clone Wars and Attack of the Clones for that period in between. I don't see anything that would be contradictory to it. Um, so, really great book, but one of the things that caught me off guard... A little bit and I had to go back and you know rewind it a little bit and listen again to make sure I caught it correctly for those of you who remember in episode what was it episode seven I think of season five uh it was let me look it up uh the episode was titled a test of strength and essentially it's an episode where Ahsoka takes these younglings to Ilum to the gathering to go get their kyber crystals and build their first, first lightsabers. After they do all that and they get back on the Crucible, which is the ship that they take to Ilum, uh, they're introduced to Professor Hu Yang, um, who is voiced by David Tennant. Now, for any of you guys who are also Whovians, which are fans of Doctor Who, not people from Whoville and Doctor Seuss, um, David Tennant played the 10th Doctor, 10th and 11th, technically. Um, or maybe it was 9th and 10th. Anyway, he definitely played the 10th Doctor. Fantastic actor. Um, 
And it was so cool when I saw this episode for the first time and recognized the voice. And I had to look it up because I'm like, oh, I know that voice. I know it. It's got to be him. Sure enough, it's David Tennant uh, playing Professor Hu Yang. Well, in this book, there's a line where some younglings are getting ready for the gathering and they're talking about it, getting to interact with Professor Hu Yang. And they talk about uh, just how ancient he is, that this ancient droid supposedly arrived at the Jedi Temple in a big blue box thousands of years ago. And anyone who knows anything about Doctor Who, Doctor Who travels in the TARDIS, which is essentially a blue police box that you would see in Europe in the 1900s. They might still be around now, but I imagine they're probably decorative at this point. But it's an old telephone box on the outside, and it's blue. And so Mike Chen was doing this awesome reference to uh, Professor Hu Yang, who was voiced by David Tennant in The Clone Wars. And so to me, that was just, I just, I had to rewind it and make sure I heard that correctly. And it was just, it was a fun little plug. And it was, it was cool to see some, some cross references being made or Easter eggs in that regard. Um, so that was a really awesome moment for me reading this book. Right now I'm working on, I think it's a new dawn or new dawn. I can't remember if it's a new dawn or new dawn. And I'll look that up for sure. But that's also a great book. It covers the time period uh, between, or I would say before the Rebels show. And it kind of goes into detail about how Hera and Kanan Jarrus meet and kind of become entangled with one another. So that's about all I'm going to say on it. I still haven't finished the book, but it's enjoyable. That's for sure. It's not, I wouldn't say it's quite where Brotherhood is, but it's still very enjoyable so far. But anyway, nice. that was what I've had going on this week. And then obviously we had episode six of Bad Batch come out Wednesday, which was, in my opinion, fantastic. Kevin, what did you think? I thought it was awesome. It, we were talking about it earlier, and it really it felt like an episode of The Clone Wars. Um, now, I am not one of those that's going to be able to tell you like it was like the Clone Wars because of X, Y, Z. I can just tell you that it felt like it um, and it was really enjoyable. It uh, I think it was the second best episode of the, the season, but I'm sure there are many who think it was the first best and I can understand why. Um, but I think we're going to go into that after. So I'll save that for later. But um, it it was it was very action packed. It, it went by very fast. Um, Gunji was awesome. I I always get kind of worried when they bring characters like that in that they're going to make them cheesy or kind of annoying, but I thought he was really, really cool. Um, I learned that... Well, I guess I didn't learn it because they covered it in the Clone Wars episode, but I did not realize that his lightsaber had a wooden hilt. Did you know that? Yes. Yes. How does that work? That is a good question. Um, when I remember them building it, and again, if you guys want to see that happen, uh, go back to Clone Wars Season 5, look up 7, I think it's 7 and 8, or 7, 8, 9, that has the arc with the younglings and Hondo and Hu Yang and all those fun characters. 7, um, 8, 9, get it? Yeah, 7, 8, 9. Why was 6 afraid of 7? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> We're both dead, so any chance we get to... Uh, to make corny jokes, you guys will just have to bear with us through it or tune us out. We don't care. <laughs> but 
Yeah, so he he configures this lightsaber, and then they have a hollow piece of of wood that essentially slides over top, and then connects, and then you know you see the buttons and knobs and all get connected and screwed on and everything. But it's really but really lightsabers neat. are really hot. I don't know. I've That's never why... held a real one. But you know that it's hot because it cuts through me- it cuts through anything really. Well, the blade uh, does. Yeah, but what is connected to the blade, Wade? The hilt. Mm-hmm. And it's if it's wooden. So here's here's what I'm gonna say. I want to hear from you guys. What do you <laughs> guys think? Do you think lightsabers are hot? I imagine if they were too hot to hold, people wouldn't hold them. But well, it makes sense mind. if it's metal, though. The metal could not be a good conductor. We have, we all have access to wooden things, and we know that it burns really easily. It doesn't take a lot to light on fire. Well, Kevin, here's what I'm going to say. And the only problem with this argument is ultimately that this is Star Wars and these space Don't magicians say Don't say can it. move stuff with their mind, and it's all made up oh anyway. So then, then what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm just saying I'm cool with it. I'm okay with it. it I'm cool with it too. I just want to know. The, well, that, so if any of you guys out there know more than us, and I'm sure all of you do, um, because we obviously, based on our questions, don't know as much as we think we do. Um, let us know, you know, leave a comment when we post our episodes on Reddit and Twitter. Uh, you know, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. You know, are lightsabers too hot to hold? Do they burn the metal? You know, if there's wood on the outside, are they going to burn the wood? Let us know. What yeah, you that's think. my only question is because I, I the metal makes sense to me, but wood doesn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, hey, I'll give you that. I like it. I think aesthetically I it's pleasing. It makes sense too because um, he's a Wookiee, right? Yep. And one of the main uh, themes of this episode was how much Wookiees uh, love the trees. Oh, yeah. So talking about that, we're going to cover uh, pretty much all the episodes of Bad Batch that we've gotten up to this point. Excuse me. Had to cough there. Um <laughs> We're going to cover all six episodes, kind of do a a debrief of what we've gotten so far. Obviously, we weren't able to get an episode of the podcast out for every episode of Bad Badge to drop because we started this last week. So (laughs) we're going to try and do a a summarized review. So we start off with season two, episode one and two, and the clones are sent to well initially they're being rescued uh who is it wrecker that's running on the island and it's is it echo and hunter that are all on the island running and text flying while omega is shooting those crab creatures sounds right to me i think that's what it is so they they're doing a mission and we see like some updated armor coloring omega's got kind of a new cool hat and costume set up so they've done a little bit of changing their gear, but still pretty much the same armor, same styles, nothing crazy. Um, then they get sent to Sereno, which, as we all know, that's the uh, homeworld of Count Dooku, of Darth Tyrannus. Uh, we saw that in a couple of episodes in Clone Wars. We didn't see it too often, but especially when we had the uh, Sisters arc in Clone Wars, we got to see a little bit of action going on in Sereno. Um, and then if you guys have read the Dark Disciple book, uh, which covers Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress essentially trying to assassinate Dooku, we 
also are on Sereno. So we've had a couple of things related to Sereno. Um, some of the old Darth Bane books, I think it was the third one. Uh, one of his, I think it was there, it was Darth Bane and Darth Xana's main castle, fortress kind of thing, was set on Sereno as well, um, if I'm correct. Or it was another, I know Sereno was mentioned in that book. I'll go back and find out for sure. But anyway, so we they go to Sereno. They're trying to get some of Dooku's war crime treasures that he's he, he had kept and stored up and stolen from the local people and other, you know, planets that they the Separatists had conquered. And so he's got just a, a treasure trove of things. And so they're essentially going out to try and take some of that and sell it. And essentially that would be the big score that would, you know, settle them for life. They'd be good. They wouldn't have to do any more work. And that doesn't go to plan. And then at the end of episode two, we've got the situation between Vice Admiral Rampart and Commander Wilco. And Wilco reports to Rampart, hey, the Bad Batch is still alive. We saw them. And I'm putting it in my report. And Rampart's like, no, you're not. Because I can't have this mess up looking bad on me in any official reports. And then Wilco, as a clone, you know, he's sworn to fulfill his duty. He wants to be honorable and true, which I think is something that's still to an extent ingrained in the clones. Um, he says, no, I'm not going to falsify my report. And Rampart shoots him and causes him to fall off the edge into Rest a waterfall, in peace. which is, is very sad. You can see how expendable these clones are to the Empire. Um, at this point, which is, you know, it's super sad to see. And we've seen that a couple of times. Like we saw it in Kenobi, for example, if you remember, I forget what planet he was on, but when he was going to track down Leia, you know, there's an old 501st clone trooper with a beard and long hair and everything sitting there with his helmet upside down asking for spare change. And Kenobi gives him some. So, you know, the, the Empire is at this point kind of just starting to cycle the clones out and just toss them to the side like they're garbage. They don't mean anything, you know, even though they bravely served without a choice for this Republic. And that's how they treat them. So kind of disappointing to see. And then episode three, which I think most people that I've interacted with would say is the best episode, uh, the solitary clone that covers Crosshair. Um, and I think it's the only episode to this so far that we've actually seen Crosshair in. Am I correct on that? Uh, it definitely was the only episode where he had anything meaningful. Yeah. And I, I, to my knowledge, I don't remember seeing him in any of the others. I don't either. I don't, I don't rewatch all of the episodes each week. I usually rewatch like the last two that have come out. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think episode three is the only time we see him. He's being used for a mission, essentially... Uh, you've got Governor Groton and the Empire are going off to, is it Devix or Desix? Desix. It's Desix. Um, going off to Desix, which is an old Separatist planet. Um, Tawny Ames right now is the acting governor. And Governor Groton with the Empire is being sent out to uh, essentially establish empirical empirical control on the planet um, and to remove that control from Ames. Ames fights back, takes Groton hostage. Ames has a bunch of droids that were reprogrammed, um, at least we assume. So Crosshair gets assigned to a team. He doesn't get, he's not given a command 
but he is assigned to a team to go back and do whatever is necessary to establish Garotten as the empirical governor of the uh, planet. And so he ends up reconnecting with Cody. Uh, for those of you who know Commander Cody, I should say, I, I want to give him the due diligence and title that he deserves. So he's reconnected with Commander Cody before the mission. Commander Cody says something like, a lot of the clones are questioning what was done to the Jedi, and Crosshair says, well, then they're traitors like the Jedi. And you can kind of see a look on Cody's face that kind of indicates he's not so sure about that. I think Cody regrets what happened, and he wasn't. he's not really sure what's... I think we're going to get more of Cody later on. That's, that's my theory there. So anyway, they go to Desix, they fight the droids, they do some really cool tactical stuff, and essentially eliminate the droids. And then at the end, there's this big buildup where uh, Tawny has Governor Groton uh, hostage with, you know, a blaster pointed at him. And Cody lays down his his blaster and says, we don't want any more bloodshed. Essentially, we want peace. We want to the, the fighting to be over. So she drops her blaster, essentially letting Groton go. Groton commands the clones to kill her. Cody is wavering on it. He doesn't feel right with that. It doesn't sit well with him. And so Crosshair does the dirty work, as we would expect. <laughs> That's perfectly in character for Crosshair. So, and then we find out at the end of the episode from Rampart and his interaction with Crosshair that Cody has now gone AWOL. Um, so he is now missing. So my theory is at some point we might get an episode with rex coordinating a rescue mission between the bad batch and cody getting him off planet but we'll see i'm getting ahead of myself there and then episode four let's see that was teo and faster so kevin tell us a little bit about episode four so episode four was basically pod racing yeah. um they the sid hires God, who was it? It was Wrecker and Hunter. Um, I think. Are you talking about to go with her? Yeah, who, like who? Did, it was Wrecker and somebody else that she no, brought. No, so it was Wrecker, Tech, Omega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Echo. That's and right, because that episode, that episode was all about Tech. Yeah, that, Echo that was and like Hunter were both off on another mission. Um, that's right. At the time. So, she Sid brought them along for basically muscle you know she knew that she would be in a in a tough spot uh there was some some gambling happening um but i don't remember what they called it but it was pod racing um and it was really cool it was it was interesting that it was done by the droids uh it must have been reprogrammed we saw a pro specifically because of the protocol droid uh you you never would see like C-3PO hated flying, but he right. he could do it. So they they must have been they must have been reprogrammed. But um, they they get into a spot where uh, Sid loses, I believe, and then she has to pay up. And this moment was I wrote it I wrote it down how Omega, you know, made the bet, and I was like, oh my god, why would she do that? Yeah. Um, but at, I don't really feel that way anymore because. She understood the mission, right? They were there to protect Sid, and if she didn't do that, Sid was in trouble. So yeah. she, it was reckless, but she always understands the mission and holds everybody accountable to it. And I, I really like that 
but sometimes it can be a bit annoying. Um, For sure. Like, you're going to get them killed. But, and I really felt like that when she went double or nothing after after they lost again. Right. But um, they go double or nothing, and then uh, Tech has to somehow figure out how to repair the, the speeder and, and the get droid. it to a And the droid, which... Yeah. Teo was messed up at that point. Well, he didn't. Remember? Because... I <laughs> that I gasped when he got hit by the the speeder and was yeah, destroyed. The second, <laughs> yeah, the second I, time he got demolished. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. So Tech really had to figure out. I think this is why I would say it was his episode to shine. Hit. We'll talk about filler soon, but it really wasn't filler because it it really gave us a little bit into into his mind. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he was the hero of it. So he had to spend all that time repairing it, and then he ended up having to race. So all that, he had to get it to a point where it was better than, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the the person that was going against Sid. Malegi. Um, yeah. He had to get it to a point where it was better than that one and that he could be better, right? Like, it's really, I liked that it was sort of man versus machine um, and that, tech was able to to figure it out and win um i don't know what i don't know what dave filoni's trying to say there but it was cool to see that tech is able to outsmart droids that are literally programmed to to win these races so um one note that i had was the music so the music for the entire season has been really cool but i grew up playing like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. I think I talked about it last week, but one of my favorite games was Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah. And um there the music during the race that the the third race. Um it reminded me of Crash Bandicoot. Do you did you ever play that game? I want to say I played it like a couple of times at a friend's house, but I didn't play it often. Like I didn't have it for my PlayStation system. I had pretty much exclusively Star Wars in a couple Lord of the Rings uh, games. Well, I'll have to show it to you sometime. But the, <laughs> the music reminded when you get to the later levels of the first Crash Bandicoot game, you're like the the boss is kind of like a mad scientist. Okay. And the music is all like futuristic and like robotic sounding. So it was cool. But um so obviously we know that, that tech wins and um they don't end up in any sort of trouble. Like, you knew that was going to happen, though. Right. Um, I'm forgetting the last scene, though. Remind me, they Sid and so the... Sid sitting in like Malegi's little personal yeah. club with his goons and everything, and you know the the crew comes to pick up Sid and collect on the winnings, which is essentially just Sid. And at the end, like Sid turns around and says, "All right, let's get going," and she walks out the doorway. And as the, the rest of the Bad Batch is starting to walk out, you know, the driver who lost, sore loser, goes to pick up his blaster. And he's, like, getting ready to shoot one of them. And then Malegi puts his hand out and says no. And then tells the guys, watch your back. Because I think, you know, Sid's Sid's not who she's all cracked up to be. You know, yeah. She's not the person you think she is. So there's a little bit of foreboding, foreshadowing um there at the end with Malegi's interaction whether that's him just trying to 
cause discourse between them and Sid, or whether it's him just being honest, you know, he, I think it was just him being honest to an extent because, you know, if I was really worried about his character, I don't know that he would have put his hand out to stop the blaster, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, he said he is a man of his word. And so I, and we've obviously seen, you know, Sid's into some shady stuff on the side. She's not, you know, she doesn't do have think, clean though? hands. What do you think is going to happen with that? Like th- ah. that has to go somewhere. She, we, I think that that means that we're going to get a situation where she has to pick, save them or turn against them. What do you think? Oh, I, I do? think we will. I think they're, you know, the, in the first episode, they foreshadowed that the, the empire is not going to stay at arm's length forever. Eventually For they sure. will be where, you know, on the planet where Sid, you know, has her cantina and runs her operation. And so I think at some point we are going to see that, you know, Bad Batcher or Empire, you know, or, or what does Bad she do? Batcher money. And so I, I it's hard for me to say where she's going to go because here she's at this point where she can see that they've been loyal to her. And, you know, that can obviously change someone. But at the end of the day, is she really just all about money? Because if so, these guys are just a means to money for her. And that's it. So I'm not going to make any predictions on that one because I see that 50-50. It could go either way. And I'm just interested to see how that plays out. I think she turns on them. Okay. I I would like to say that she doesn't, but she's a Trandoshan. Yeah. Never trust a Trandoshan. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So that's episode four. Episode five, we get a little bit with Fee Genoa. Um, They end up the episode's called Entombed, and essentially she takes the Bad Batch crew on a treasure hunt. Um, uh, at one point, Omega and Wrecker are out looking for spare parts. Omega finds something that looks kind of cool, brings it back with a bunch of other stuff. Tech says it's a bunch of junk, and Fee comes over and says, oh, what is this? And she looks at it and it turns out to be a compass with coordinates. So they end up following the coordinates. They get to this... Uh, deserted planet, or at least what seems deserted and uninhabited um, on the surface. And they start following the compass. They find this hidden treasure trove. Essentially, it's a it's a cave, a mountain um, with a cave in it. And they go down it and they find this little spiky lizard thing. They get separated. It's kind of Star Wars meets Tomb Raider meets like Indiana Jones. You know, you got some booby traps and they have to figure out how to how to solve and get through these traps without triggering them. And some of them they do, some of them they trigger anyway. And one of my favorite lines was when Fee goes and says, see, look, right after they found the secret entrance. And Omega goes, it's a secret entrance. And then Wrecker <laughs> goes, whoa, it is a secret entrance. And <laughs> Wrecker is by far my favorite. Like, I love the character development with other other uh bad batch members but wrecker is like my favorite because he's he's intelligent enough to be an adult when he needs to be i would suppose but he's a child at heart thoroughly child loves exploring and adventure and is just kind of up for whatever like you tell him hey this is what we're doing and as long as it doesn't involve super high heights he's pretty much on board with it so um but they go and they explore this this cave and they're looking for this certain treasure and 
you know, over time they end up finding it. And then it activates this huge, huge monster weapon thing. And in the process of taking the treasure out of place, it's the heart of the mountain, essentially. Uh, it activates this giant robot creature that starts shooting the this huge laser beam and just destroying the planet. And so then at the same time, the spiky creature comes back, the lizard looking creature comes back and they have to fight that thing and figure out how to beat it. And eventually Wrecker just tosses it out the window. Um, and they figure out that the only way to resolve this and set the monster back or the, uh, the machine, the mechanism back in place and deactivate it is to put the heart back in. So they do. And then the heart dissolves the mechanism breaks down and self-destructs essentially. And uh, then they end up leaving after it crashes to the ground and they start walking back to the Marauder. And then Fee starts coming up with another story of this new treasure that they're going to go find. And Omega's like super excited. And you can see all the adults of the group kind of rolling their eyes and going, oh no, not this again. But, uh, and then obviously with episode six, we see, at least we don't see that happening. We see the next thing that they show us, um, which you want to go over that a little bit. What, what happens in the sixth episode? Yeah. So the sixth episode, uh, I don't remember where they were coming from when they started, but, uh, they're, you take it over, Wade, you got, you got to take this one. Okay. So this is tribe. Uh, this yeah. was the episode from this week. And essentially, they're going to a space station called uh, Vanguard Axis. And I don't know much about these droids, um, except that's that they, right, do, that's right. they do some like shady stuff, some illegal market trading and slave trading and stuff like that. And you know what these droids looked like to me is they kind of had a beefier look of like an evil L3. If you look at their heads and the way they're shaped with their sensor and some of the buttons and everything, and then you look at the head of L3 in the movie Solo, Lando's droid, they're pretty much the same heads. So what kind of droid that is, I don't know. But these ones all kind of look uniform, and Lando kind of hinted towards L3 kind of being a mix and match of pieces to create this overall great droid that works for him and but they look like the same heads that's what i thought so whether they are or not i don't know but that's what it reminded me of but while they're doing that they're essentially trading off or selling these chain codes that tech has set up for them and omega and echo are stuck at the ship to guard the ship keep it running you know ready to go when they're done and she hears struggling off in the distance with what sounds to be like a Wookiee growling. And so she goes, Echo, we've got to check this out. And so they go and find out what's going on. Sure enough, they end up running into Gunji, uh, which we haven't seen since Clone Wars. And for any of those uh, Jedi younglings that we saw in those, up to this point, we have no clue whether any of them had survived Order 66 or not. We don't know where they were when it happened, who they were with, if they were around clones or not. No idea. So to see Gunji was really cool because it was that flashback nostalgia to those episodes of Clone Wars where we got to see him. And personally, I love Wookiees. I think Wookiees are fantastic. 
Uh, when I put Gene to bed, I make all kinds of Wookie noises, and he just laughs. We have a ball. So Wookies are like some of my favorite, favorite creatures in Star Wars. So to see Gunji back was just that was awesome to me, and I'd love to see you know a Black Series figure if we don't have him, or a Funko Pop of Gunji at some point because he's just he's one of my all time favorites. Did uh, you know so that it, it was him right off the bat? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was no yeah. question. Like when you. When you look at him, first of all, he would have been, he's about the right age for a teenager, essentially. And, you know, he was a, a true youngling uh, back when we last saw him. And we also knew from the trailer, uh, he was shown once in the trailer. And it you could tell based on his, he's got a little snaggle tooth to the side that sticks out. There were just a couple of details and the way his face looks and everything. You could kind of see, all right, yeah, this has got to be Gunji. Um, so... Then they end up rescuing him, he gets his lightsaber, and they end up essentially taking him back to Kashyyyk, which is his home world, which he hasn't really had much experience with. You know, Jedi, when they're infants, they get taken from their families to the temple to be raised and trained as Jedi. So he doesn't know his family or his tribe or who, who he belongs to. He just knows Kashyyyk is the home world of the Wookiees. So the Bad Batch go back to a... Uh, a previous village that they had known at one point had been familiar with and were friendly with the Republic and they start looking for it and they run into some Trandosians working for the Empire with flame tanks which we also haven't seen since Clone Wars um, incinerator tanks the LAATs with the fired uh, fire barrels essentially and they're burning down the forest and they happen to have a Wookiee prisoner at that point in time and Gunji is just furious. I mean, he, he's not like angry, angry. It's like a righteous fury. And so he ignites his lightsaber and goes charging in and starts taking out the Trandosians and frees the other Wookiee. And the Bad Batch join in and they end up destroying the tanks and kind of putting out the fire. And then the Wookiee that he had freed had escaped and gone back to his tribe and brought reinforcements with him. So they take them all back to the tribe, to the village where they're living. And he kind of has to get reoriented with uh, tribal practices with the Wookiees, you know, and they're all sharing meals. And then they all have this ceremony essentially where their heads are up against the tree and they're, they're communing with the trees. Um, and the empire has now ordered the rest of the Trandosians to go and find these Wookiees. And so now they're, hunting them down and so there's a big standoff and everything and the the main Trandosian leader ends up having a one-on-one -on -one standoff with uh Gunji and these crazy spider looking creatures that spin webs come down out of nowhere and basically take the Trandosian up to their lair to eat them later or feed them to their babies whatever they do we don't I've never seen these before um you know what they kind of reminded me of and I'll see if I can remember I'm going to look it up right now, but the sound that they made, if you remember, um, in Attack of the Clones, yeah, for sure. in, in the uh, Geonosis, Cata, you know, whatever, Colosseum, where Obi-Wan is essentially going to be <laughs> killed with Anakin and Padme, um, it's the, the Acklays, is that what they are? I don't know what they're called, but they're things that have that screech. Yeah, it's and obviously I'm not going to try and replicate that screech. Right? 
Why, why not? That, that would be obnoxious to everyone listening. Um, but they sounded a lot like those. And, you know, obviously there's some similarities with the long legs and the, you know, whatever, the, the mouths that stick out. But they're, they're obviously not the same creature, and I doubt that they're um, even related. But, yeah, that would be a stretch. There'd be no reason to do that either. No. But it was just cool listening to them screech um, and kind of hear how they were, how they sounded. Because it sounded a lot like those. And I think it's Ackley. I'm trying to look it up right now. But I believe that's what they are. Anyway, I'm not going to scroll through and read on the podcast this whole time. But so that's and now we're we're kind of caught up. We're caught up to date. Um, Gunji has been left with this tribe. Um, so overall, Kevin, what are your thoughts on the Bad Batch so far? I have been waiting for this. I'm not really good at the the recalling ep- like the, what you just did, but I have really liked this season. There's only been one episode that I didn't like, um, and it was episode five. I was so bored with really? that episode. Yeah, I was really bored with that episode. I, I'm not the treasure hunt. I like the National Treasure movies, but other than that, I don't really do treasure. Indiana Jones doesn't do anything for me, stuff like that. And I felt like it was like a War of the Worlds type thing when okay. when I didn't like it. I thought it I thought it was boring, um, and I didn't feel like it did much for the the story. But I have seen enough. Dave Filoni to understand that it will mean something. He will do some sort of callback to this that episode, and what seems like filler is never filler. But um, episode three, far and away, my favorite. Uh, six was close, but three just it felt like the prequels, uh, which is my favorite set of movies. Right. We had we had Cody, we had battle droids, we had droidicas, all of it. It 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 almost reminded me of um, Phantom Menace when they're making their way through Naboo, and you see how the Separatists have basically occupied it, and there's droids everywhere. It just it reminded me of that. And then right. Crosshair was really cool. He was. I have a note here that says Crosshair is badass but evil. <laughs> I don't think that there's going to be... Like, before this season, there was kind of thought that he might turn back and rejoin the Bad Batch. I think that Episode 3 really solidifies him as... Uh, whether he sticks with the Empire or not, I don't know. I think that there's a world where he goes AWOL too. Like, he sees Cody do it, and he says, oh, I can do that too. I don't think he ever rejoins the Bad Batch. I think that the line in the sand is drawn... That ship has sailed. Yeah, I don't even know if they would be able to trust him. Right. Uh, from either side, really. But episode three was my my favorite. It had everything that I liked. The music was great. The story even got dark. I loved. Um, I loved Cody, and I think for sure we're gonna see him again. Right. But when when they're negotiating with, and you're gonna have to help me again. I can't remember her name, but when the one that uh, Tony that, that yes. When they were negotiating and Cody's like, peace, it's an option now because she's talking about how, you know, she it's war. Right. And and there's no there's no good, bad. Everybody's going to die. And and Cody's like, no, 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 no. We can we can resolve this. 
I thought that was really cool, even though it didn't go how I hoped it would. Crosshair ended up shooting, but it was cool to see that because I'm not going to sit here and say that I always like cried about Cody shooting and trying to kill Obi Wan. It made me sad. You know, they oh, they worked together a lot, and well, for... any of those, especially especially if you go back and watch the Clone Wars and see how how most of the Jedi generals treated their clone commanders yeah. and their clones underneath them. I mean, you look at Wolf and, and Plo Koon and you look at, uh, you know, Cody and, and Obi-Wan and Rex and, and Anakin, and you just see the relationships yep. and, you know, they've got each other's backs throughout the whole series. And I think Clone Wars did a really good job of like putting that oh, yeah. up to leading it up to revenge of the Sith, where there is this betrayal and, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, it wasn't as powerful before. It was still powerful. But Clone Wars really made it all the harder to see them do it. Because yeah, and they didn't have a choice. Because if they had, I guarantee they wouldn't have done it. I really am interested in what how they're going to explain this, though. Because they were compelled to do it during Order 66. And now we're seeing them start to maybe come back down to Earth. And I mean, this is an example of it. Cody at the end there is saying, are we really making the galaxy better? Yep. So you, I really wonder what the inhibitor chip really, I know functionally it made them obey the order, but what after, like what happened after they did it that brought well, us I here think, to where they're questioning it. I genuinely think we're going to get those answers in the next couple. I hope of so. Um, you be know, very cool. Next week. For those of you who haven't looked at the schedule next week, we're actually getting two episodes dropping um on wednesday the first one is titled the clone conspiracy and the second one is titled truth and consequences and so i think we're gonna get some answers here and i think i think it'll probably involve cody as well i don't i i you know i'm just speculating i'm spitballing here but i really do i think we're gonna get some of that realization from some of the clones about you know was this you know he he mentioned early on in episode three you know, there was a lot of talk about what was done to the Jedi and how it may have been wrong. And Crosshair has no problem with it. You know, he was going to kill Caleb Doom in season one, no problem. But, you know, Cody is, I think, you know, we see in his facial expressions as he's talking with Crosshair, he very much doubts what happened. And I think he wants answers. And I think that's why we see him go AWOL, not just because of the empire and how they're starting to orchestrate and kind of roll out their version of the law, but, and then how they're enforcing it. But also because I think he agrees with these other clones and he brought that up to Crosshair because he knows Crosshair is different and he wanted to kind of feel out where Crosshair was in that position before he kind of opened up about it. And when he, when he heard Crosshair's response, you see him shut his mouth and he doesn't really say anything else about it. And so I think we kind of see that with Cody in that. I think he, he really regrets what happened and he wants answers as to what happened. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if that's what we're going to get, but I'm kind of hoping it is. Um, some of the things I noticed that, you know, really stood out to me Episode three felt like a, a, a battlefront map, you know, um, 
to me, I, it felt like you could be playing as the clones or as the as the droids defending that that castle, that fortress, and it just felt very Battlefront like. And Episode Four felt very uh, Pod Racer esque, you know, like the old racer revenge and i think racer revenge was the one i first started on when i played the racer games i didn't play the original one so i don't know if it was called racer or pod racer or what it was but uh, star wars racer revenge was the one i played and you know so episode four really felt like that to me and then episode five you've got um kind of a, a fallen order feel to it which is kind of funny i was playing fallen order today because i wanted to confirm some details so the mechanism in uh, episode five, looks very much like uh, a Zepho creation of some sort, and I had a couple of Reddit uh, friends point that out to me, saying, "You know, I wonder if it's related to the Zepho because the head shape's kind of like the Zepho from the game." And so I, I recently re-downloaded the game, and uh, I was playing through it, and I decided to intentionally play through it today to try and get to the planet of Zepho and start exploring it. And as I do so, I'm seeing a lot of similarities in, in between the designs that the Zepho people had uh, for their architecture and uh, specifically one boss. I won't call him like the boss, but one one bad guy you have to you have to destroy is this guardian, this tomb guardian. And he uses the same kind of energy laser blast out of his chest that we see coming out of this mechanism in Episode 5. And he's got the same kind of head shape that the mechanism did. So, you know, there's a good chance that Episode 5 was confirming the existence of Zepho people in canon. Um, I'm not sure as of this point in time whether Fallen Order is considered canon or not. Um, or if it's considered more like The Force Unleashed, where it's Legends content or EU. Um, but this is pretty cool to see regardless. And then Episode 6, you know, again, had that kind of adventure, Fallen Order kind of feel, or even The Force Unleashed um, to an extent. You know, Force Unleashed is where we find Galen Merrick on Kashyyyk at the time. So, you know, there's kind of a video game feel to the last four episodes that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, so I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited for the story that they have left to tell. Um, you know, I've been hearing a lot of... I, let me phrase it this way. I asked recently a bunch of people how they felt about these filler episodes, and I don't consider them to be filler episodes because of how Star Wars tends to build on previous filler, quote-unquote, filler episodes. But there are some people that are like, yeah, I don't I don't see them as filler. I, I see each episode as fun and exciting and, you know, just interesting to, to watch. And then there are some people who are like, I can't stand it. I wish they would advance the plot sooner, you know. And to me, I like filler episodes. You know, they may not seem important in the moment, but down the road you get all these references like the Mina Bonteri reference in episode three or in the Brotherhood book with with Hu Yang. I only knew who Hu Yang was because I had seen that quote unquote filler episode of Clone Wars. And so I think filler episode 
is kind of a cop-out uh, for some of these episodes. I really don't think they are filler. I think they still have a lot of value and they bring something entertaining to the table, regardless of whether they are advancing the main plot line or not. So let me know what you guys think. Um, this is all the time we have. We do have to close out. Kevin and I both have bedtimes and kids and jobs in the morning, so we do have to wake up early in the morning. Um, but I thank you guys for tuning in, listening to another episode. Hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's any content you want us to cover. You can reach us at recordsoftherepublic at gmail.com. That is our email address. You can hit us up on Reddit. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Instagram even. We just started an Instagram page. And you can find us on all of the major podcast platforms so listen to us on apple listen to us on spotify on google on amazon music wherever you listen to your podcasts more than likely we are currently there because we've gotten all of that up to date so again appreciate you guys tuning in we look forward to covering the next two episodes of bad batch coming out next wednesday with you guys and uh just discussing more star wars as always may the force be with you